Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus. Hey, Horn Frogs, this is Andrew Youngblood, the Chi Alpha director here at TCU, and I'm here with Reagan and Asia, two of our life group leaders, wonderful women of God. And uh, what's great is, even though they come from different backgrounds, majors, social circles, like they both have authentic walks with Jesus, and they're fighting to help other ladies learn how to walk with Jesus um, in a real way. And so we've been super encouraged and challenged by their commitment to Christ and their commitment to spiritual disciplines. Um, So we wanted them to join our conversation today. So thank you, ladies, for being here today. Of course. Thank Thank you you. for having us. So Alicia preached about building on the foundation of Jesus uh, at our last worship service. She preached out of John 15, where Jesus is kind of talking with the disciples about his friendship with them. And he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Everything I learned from the Father, I passed on to you. So she drew out this idea that we build on the foundation of Jesus And we grow in friendship with Jesus by doing what he says, right? And modeling our life after his life. And then she broke down some practical spiritual disciplines or practices uh, that help us learn Jesus's commands and grow in relationship with him and actually do what he did and do what he said. So today we're going to zero in on a couple of those practices with you guys um, and see that it actually is possible for a horned frog here in Fort Worth in 2021 to walk with Jesus and walk in these disciplines and actually grow in relationship with Christ in the midst of all of the busyness and classes and all of the things that are kind of fighting for your time. Like you guys have both done such a good job and and you've shown us that it's, it's possible to do, which is so cool. So I wanted to throw this question to both of you guys. The, the first spiritual discipline we want to jump into is, and the first one Alicia mentioned was reading the Bible. Um, So I'd love for both of you to give me just a quick summary of what the Bible reading element of your devotional life looks like in this season. Like how many days a week or how much time do you spend? Like what is your process to sort of internalize what you're reading and what what are you reading through right now? So my devotional time is typically in the mornings. I like to make this one of the first things I do when I get out of bed. Either it is the first thing I do or sometimes I need to take a shower and wake myself up a little bit Mm. so I can give it my full all because sometimes I'm not awake all the way in the morning. But I like to spend about 20 to 30 minutes reading my Bible and then about 10 to 15 minutes praying over what I've read and praying through the things that are either relevant in my life at the time or in my friends and family's life. Mm. So I try to do this about five days a week, Monday through Friday. And right now I'm reading through Ecclesiastes. So I've spent a lot of time in the New Testament over the past couple of semesters. So I'm trying to spend more time in the Old Testament this semester. I like to typically read about a chapter a day. I'll first read through the chapter, underlining any verses that stand out to me. Then I like to open my journal and use the SOAP method, which stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. I kind of do a modified version of this. So I'll write the verses that stand out to me at the top, and then I will journal about it below. So I will touch on like my observations of the verse and how I can apply it to my life. Then I like to typically repeat this process for two to three verses, Mm -hmm. and then I like to end in prayer. I typically like to write out my prayer first and then close my journal and spend a few minutes in prayer. That's good. How about you, Reagan? Similar to Asia, I like to do my quiet time in the morning. Um, And I like when it's the first thing that I do. Um, And I spend about one hour in the Bible and I'm working through 1 Corinthians right now. So I also like to hone in on one or two verses that stick out to me. Um, And I normally write out the verse um, in my journal and then spend some time writing through how that's applying to my life. 
Um, I also spend time in that hour writing out praises for God. So what he's doing in my life, how he has blessed my life, um, and just thanking him for all the blessings that he's given me. I then spend, spend time writing out uh, either convictions I have or asking for grace over certain areas of my life that I'm struggling with, and then spend time in overall prayer. Um, and one thing that I'm really working on right now is scripture memorization. So normally the verses that stick out to me, I will also try and just pray through throughout the rest of the day um, and speak over myself. Um, and that's a discipline that I am trying to improve. And one thing I also think is really important um, during that time and that hour is making sure that I'm spending time abiding with God and just resting in his word and not trying to make it into a homework assignment, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes, you know, kind of like Asia was saying, if I'm really tired, that first 10 minutes might be just <laughs> sitting there with God um, and asking him to give me a heart posture to really be focused and awake. Yeah. Uh, typically, I try and do a quiet time every day. Um, I would say Sundays, um, it's a bit different because after I go to a church service, my quiet time looks more like processing what the service was about mm. um, and what the sermon was on. But other than that, I usually work through about two chapters of the book that I'm reading for that week. That's awesome. So remind me if I'm... Okay, so hang on. So then it sounds like... So Asia, you said about 30 minutes on weekdays, Monday through Friday, right? Yes. And then you said about an hour a day... Mm -hmm. With the exception of Sunday, you're kind of processing the... Is that yes. Monday through Saturday? Yes, yeah. So, so um, I normally do an hour in the morning every day. So for me, that's usually before class. Um, I try and get up early. And then on Saturdays, I usually sleep in a bit. Um, but it's still in the morning as well when I get up. That's cool. I think that... Um, I was just talking to a student yesterday, and he was saying, man, I really wish that I could spend more time in Scripture and... I really feel like I'm slacking, mm -hmm. and this is a freshman guy, and he was like, you know, I'm spending about 30 minutes a day, and I was like, dude, you're doing great. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and so Alicia mentioned in the sermon um, that there are some roadblocks often to reading Scripture in our lives and, like, really getting into Scripture. One of those roadblocks for folks is time. Um, that's why I kind of mentioned, like, reinforce what you guys said you're doing each day. Uh, Reagan, you're a business major. You're in a sorority. You've had jobs and internships throughout this whole uh, college process. You're also leading a Chi Alpha Life group. You're faithfully attending a local church. So, you know, one or two things that might be a barrier uh, to, to having time to read Scripture. So how have you navigated that challenge? Like, it sounds like it really is possible to make time for the Bible and reading Scripture in, in the midst of a busy schedule how have you been able to implement that in your life? Yeah, um, I definitely think I won't lie at times it can be overwhelming, especially when it comes to balancing school and organizations and having a job. But I think the most important thing is really having a set schedule mm. um, and committing that time and not just thinking I'll get it done when I can. Because if you have that mindset and I can speak from experience, you'll go throughout the whole day and suddenly it's <laughs> 10 o'clock at night yeah. um, and you haven't done a quiet time yet. So for me, I really have to structure out time in the morning, whether that means, you know, some days I have to get up at 630 before 8 a.m., which, you know, has to take real discipline. Yeah. But um, I think as you start to structure that into your schedule and learn to grow in delighting in the word, it becomes something that you want to get up early for and you want to make time for your schedule. Um, something really practical I use actually is Google Calendar. And mm -hmm. so I'm a very scheduled person and I literally will schedule out 
absolutely everything for my day, which includes my quiet time. And using that um, has helped me become really committed to that time and making sure that I'm not skipping it. So I would say it's definitely possible to make time um, for such a busy schedule, but the most important thing is intentionally setting that time and making sure that you're getting that in your day. Yeah, that's good. I feel like sometimes with the spiritual disciplines, we want to have a real like desire to do it. Mm -hmm. Like we just think that we will just kind of come up with a desire (laughs) to get into scripture. And if we don't get up early on a morning, then, well, we didn't have, we didn't love Jesus enough. (laughs) But really what you're talking about here is it's more of a time management Mm -hmm. thing. You know, like you're intentionally scheduling out your time. You're intentionally deciding. Do you put on your, like, what time you're going to go to bed, too? Oh, yes. No, I do absolutely everything. Literally, even, like, I'm going to spend this time hanging out with a friend, homework, studying, um, which sounds a bit silly, but for me, it helps me be able to visualize the day before I get started, and Mm -hmm. it takes away a lot of anxiety of trying to get a lot of things in. I will say there are mornings where I get up and don't necessarily want to Mm -hmm. be waking up at 6.30 and getting in the Bible, but I will also say that I never leave a quiet time not feeling um, just fulfilled and ready for the day. And so it's also something that you schedule it out, but you do delight in it as you're Mm -hmm. getting in the Word and it's setting you up for success for that day because you're starting your morning with your um, just mind and eyes set on Christ. Um, And so it does take time to just schedule it in, but slowly it's something that you're going to look more forward to and it's going to get you up in the morning um, and it becomes um, less of a discipline and more something that you're delighting in. And I love that idea. Like I think it's Dick Brogdon that talks about going from discipline to desire to delight. Like Mm -hmm. there's a process that we go through. Some days it feels like discipline, but over time it does become something that we delight in and we, we really are sad if we miss it, you know? So Asia, another roadblock to reading scripture that Alicia talked about is, is sometimes uh, when we read the Bible, it seems complicated or difficult to understand or confusing or whatever. Is that something that you've struggled with? And if so, like, how did you overcome it? So yes, for sure. That is definitely something that I've struggled with, especially now that I'm starting to read the Old Testament. But there have definitely <laughs> been quite a few things in the New Testament that have been difficult for me to understand as well. So one thing that I like to do immediately whenever I come across a complicated or difficult verse is to look up the context of the verse, especially in Old Testament verses. I'm a little bit of a nerd and I love (laughs) biblical history, so this is kind of fun for me. Learning the context of some of these difficult verses for me helps me understand the verse a lot better. I can see what the scripture is saying, why it's saying that, and what it means for me. But sometimes looking up the context honestly doesn't help me at all in learning what the scripture is saying. So this is when I like to turn to the people around me, whether that's the girls in my life group or one of my mentors. It just helps to really talk and work through the verses that are difficult to understand because some people might interpret the verses different than me or know more about the verses than I do. So it's great to just bounce our thoughts off of each other and work through it together. What does it mean for you to look up the context of the verse? The first thing I like to do when I look up the context is... At the beginning of each chapter in my Bible, they have a little summary of what the book is about, who wrote it, kind of the time period. And so that helps a lot with the context. But I also like to just Google, like, what's the context of John 3.16? And there are, there's tons of resources online that explain the context of people, of biblical scholars who have spent their whole life researching it and understand what was going on in this time period when this author was writing these certain scriptures. And so that just helps me to understand yeah. 
yeah. what it's saying. Yeah. So primarily you're speaking about kind of the historical context of what's going on in the world at that time. Yes. Which that's, I love that. And, and it is super helpful. So that's kind of one of the ways that you overcome sort of the, the confusion or complication or possibly difficult to understand. What else? Is there anything else that's helped you kind of overcome that? Well, I wouldn't say that I've fully overcome this roadblock. <laughs> roadblock. I think there's always going to be verses, no matter how much you know about the Bible, there's always going to be verses that are complicated or confusing to you. But I think it's important that when you come across a verse that's complicated, don't just skip over it or close mm-hmm. your Bible for good. Like, Look up the context of the verse, talk about it. There's plenty of people in your life group or in your local church who would love to talk to you about it. I would love to talk to you about the context of the verse. We can Google it together and figure it out. It just always helps to continue to work through these verses rather than just give up on the Bible completely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't do that in a class if you had to kind of dig in right. and learn about something. <laughs> right. yeah. And this is like the most important thing in our life if we're mm-hmm. Christians is is learning about God and, and wanting, I mean, like like Alicia said, like following his commands, knowing what they are, learning more about who God is. So I love that you are willing to fight through that, that you found ways to fight through that. And uh, I mean, I think probably for me, <laughs> is it's not always the stuff that I don't understand or that's complicated. It's the stuff that I just don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because yeah, any culture throughout history and any time period, something in scripture is going to rub me the wrong way. It's going to mm-hmm. kind of press against the things that I'm, um, that I'm comfortable with, mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, maybe some sins or sinful patterns or temptations or ways that I'm thinking. And so it's like, oh man, that's the time you want to throw it across the room and just be like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. But those are the times that we can dig in and, and, you know, really learn more and, and see what scripture has to say. Kind of our next question is sort of along those lines. Uh, in the sermon, Alicia says we, sh- we shouldn't just read the words of the Bible, but we should allow the Bible to challenge our views of the world. And so it's not simply like learning information, like in a class, like you, like you said, Reagan, earlier. It's not just homework, mm-hmm. but there's this idea of personal transformation um, that should happen when we read scripture. And, and what's really cool is actually in scripture, um, the authors, just by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, actually tell us that reading Scripture and processing Scripture uh, changes us. In 2 Timothy 3.16, um, Paul says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Oh, no. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So we're not just reading the Bible. It's reading us, too, <laughs> yeah. which, is, which is really cool. So we're called to respond to that revelation that we we see through Scripture in obedience to what the Holy Spirit is showing us through His Word. And so I, I'm just curious for both of you ladies, like how have you both let the Bible read you? Like what's something the Holy Spirit has challenged you to change or grow in as a result of reading Scripture that's been beneficial or transformational in your life? Yeah, so I think specifically at college, something that the Holy Spirit has challenged me in, especially in reading the Bible, is making sure that the Bible is the number one authority that I'm Mm -hmm. listening to in my life, that I'm allowing it to direct my life, that I'm allowing it to, um, as it says in Hebrews, to um, just expose my innermost thoughts and desires and allow the Lord to work where he wants to work um, and move in me. Um, And that has been super transformational in not only my walk with Christ, but just my life in general, Mm -hmm. um, that I'm allowing God to 
as I said, be the authority in my life and that I'm making sure that I'm not just reading scripture and interpreting it in a way that's most comfortable or convenient to me, but for reading it as it is. Um, and that that can be difficult, especially when there are parts of the Bible that aren't super comfortable, especially as a college student, um, to come to terms with or to follow. But it is a super important part of following Christ and truly walking with Him closely um, is allowing Him to be that number one voice in your life. I'm someone who's naturally a people pleaser. Mm. And so something that has really challenged me is making sure that I'm living for the approval of God alone and not focusing on what other people think, um, because that can be something that takes us away from scripture um, when we're trying to live by the world and not Mm. for what God says. Um, And so Galatians 1.10 asks, For am I now seeking the favor of men or for God, or am I striving to please men? If I were still pleasing men, I should not be a servant of Christ. Mm. So if we truly want to be servants of Christ, we have to accept Scripture as it is and allow it to work in our lives and not just read it for what's comfortable for us. Mm, That's good. How about you, Asia? So I really like the phrase, letting the Bible read you, and I think there's definitely been lots of times the Bible has read me, but one that stands out was... There's a passage in Matthew 6 that talks about the difference between storing our treasures on earth or storing our storing our treasures in heaven. And it goes on to say that where our treasures are, there our hearts will be also. So when I read this verse for the first time, I was going through a hard semester where I felt like I wasn't focusing on God. I spent way too much time consuming media that wasn't good for my soul. I would aimlessly scroll through social media until I felt bad about myself. (laughs) Gotta love Instagram. (laughs) I was watching TV shows and movies and listening to songs that were the furthest thing from God. I just felt like I was moving farther and farther away from God. And let me tell you, the Bible sure did read me and convict me when I read this passage in Matthew 6. I was allowing my time and my treasures to be consumed with earthly things. And as a result, that's where my heart was also. I felt like this was the Holy Spirit straight up calling me out, if I'm going to be honest. And I hated it at the time, but I knew the Holy Spirit was right and that I needed to change. This was the best thing ever. I ended up Taking a break from social media, I spent more time in church. I only listened to worship music. I stopped watching those sappy romantic movies, which I love, but were terrible for me. I read my Bible more, and I just completely focused on God. And so this transformation that happened in my life this semester is one that I'll never forget. It's been two years, and I still see the results of this season flourishing Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm more aware of what I'm allowing to feed my soul and where my heart lies, So this instance of the Bible reading me was hard and challenging at the time, but it definitely transformed me in the long run. Somebody might hear that Asia and think like, wow, you cut out all that stuff. Like (laughs) you got rid of all that super extreme, you know, but when you look at the research that's been done recently around particularly social media and and smartphone usage, like it's driving anxiety and depression and all these 100%. things. One hundred percent. So like I could see how a student would hear you say that and be like, "That's really extreme. That's kind of maybe sounds super religious, you know, like oh, only worship music or you know." But look at the freedom that it's brought in your life. Like look at it turns out that God's word <laughs> and the things that are that He illuminates by His Holy Spirit actually helped you. And like you said, you're you're experiencing the freedom that came two years ago, still to this day, which is awesome. Right. I agree. And I do want to say that me cutting out all of the like movies and only listening to worship music, that was definitely just for this season of my time. I mm-hmm. feel like I needed that time to grow and mature. So now that I'm past the season, I'm able to 
listen to like country music or secular music and watch these movies, but I'm, I'm not letting that be the only thing that feeds my soul mm-hmm. as I was before. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make that preface. Yeah, I'm yeah, not just not listening and like only doing this now, yeah. but it is a really good practice to do. Yeah, but the Holy Spirit showed you through the word like, hey, this is a problem. And right. so you're, you responded and said, well, okay, well, if this is a problem, let's cut it out for a season. Did you have, did you kind of have a, a sense of how long that would be when you started it? Or did you just kind of walk in it until you felt kind of released? Okay, I can, I can get back into it. I think the latter. I didn't really put a time frame on it. I just wanted to allow God to have as much time as he needed to work on my heart and focus my treasures back in heaven. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to set a exact time frame mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. I just good. kind of prayed through it and I knew when it was right for me to be able to go back to this when I felt like I had grown and matured enough to go back to it. That's cool. Um, I'll just add something to that. I remember um, talking to Alicia about this And she told me that when she was in college, she went through a season where she was just so focused on getting in a relationship and really desiring that. And it slowly became an idol in her life. And so she took a break from listening to sappy music and watching (laughs) sappy movies and romantic movies and things like that and really just honed in on listening to worship music and kind of like Asia was saying, feeding her spirit with things of Christ. And so that was something I did as well um, because I also was just really seeking a relationship um, and it was it was starting to take over my heart more than I was focusing on Jesus. And so when I took that time to listen to worship music and just allow my thoughts to be focused on that, God was able to set my eyes back on him, um, sort of like creating blinders where you're just focused on God alone. And when you then become strong in that, like Asia was saying, it helps then to not have to worry about listening to those kinds of things and watching those movies and being so consumed by it. But instead, you are still able to be strong in your faith and focused on God alone. That's good. So I talked to my life group this last week about the idea that there are no neutral inputs. So like the, the media that we consume, the relationships that we're in, the things that we kind of experience in the world, they all, uh, like in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, you know, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so there's a there's a formation that's happening into either the pattern of the world or <laughs> into the, the likeness of Christ. And so music and movies and those kind of things, um, they're not neutral. They push us in or they're... they're push us in a certain direction. And so I love what both of you guys have said here, just this idea of maybe wanting to be in a romantic relationship and that, and the kinds of things we're consuming that are kind of pushing us that direction or, um, or having our treasures in this world or whatever. If there are no neutral inputs, then making sure that the input of Scripture is primary, like is the, is the litmus test, it's the filter through which that we process some of these other things. Like it helps us discern whether or not like this is a good input to begin with or at least know like okay when things happen in movies or you hear things in songs that are like contrary to the truth of scripture you're like okay yeah (laughs) that's silly but it doesn't like wrap you you know wrap you in or take you in like it did exactly um in the sermon alicia mentioned that one of the goals of the christian life is to be in kind of constant communication connection with god through the day and not just for like that 30-minute compartment, right, uh, Asia, that you said, or the hour compartment, Reagan, that you guys have, but that we can move toward a real friendship with Jesus as we focus on Him and prioritize Him more through the day. 
And she mentioned a few disciplines that help us do that. So prayer is a big one, Sabbath, like a regular day off or regular time, uh, just resting and stopping, listening to Christian music, which you guys mentioned, or finding other resources like podcasts or sermons or books. Um, what are some disciplines that have helped you connect with God more throughout the day? On the topic of prayer, I definitely used to think of prayer as something I did when I woke up and when I went to bed. Mm-hmm. And although those are good disciplines to have, having constant communication with God throughout the day has helped me grow so much in my faith. So whether it's I'm stressed out about something I'm studying or praying before I work out Or even if I'm going to hang out with someone, just praying that God would use me to be a good friend to them that day has allowed me to grow so much in my walk with him and helped me focus more on him. And if I'm being honest, it just helps my day go better. Mm. I mentioned working out and I've noticed that if I pray before on a run, which I'm not a big fan of running right now in this season (laughs) of my life, um, I have a way better workout than I would if I didn't. And so truly, I believe that just giving everything you do, even if it seems small to God every day, is such an important discipline in hearing from him more and allowing him to work through you more. As we talked about as well with listening to Christian music, I really try to prioritize listening to that. Um, Going back to the topic of working out, (laughs) I have recently tried to find Christian workout music, and it's out there, and it's good. (laughs) Um, Lecrae and NF are both great resources for that, but um, just filling your mind with things of the Spirit has such a stronger impact than we may realize, and the littlest things can impact us. Um, I also really like to read... Um, books about faith and Christianity. I think reading them with people is a great way to be able to have conversations about it Um, and just finding all different types of resources that are supplementary but also um, important to scripture have been really great disciplines that help me connect with God. That's good. Similar to Reagan, one of my favorite things to do to connect with God throughout the day is listen to worship music. So I have about a eight to 10 minute walk to class, which is perfect for about two to three worship songs. So I like to just put on headphones and jam it out to these worship songs. I think this really helps me to just refocus my mind on God as I'm walking to class and I feel more prepared for anything that life may throw at me that day since I listened to these worship songs at the beginning. I also like to connect with God throughout the day through gratitude. Mm-hmm. Someone once told me that while they're like driving or walking or just living out their normal day-to-day activities, they like to thank God for the things around them. Something like, thank you, God, for the air I'm breathing, or thank you for this car I'm driving, or thank you that I'm able to walk to class. Just little things like that help to remind me how much I need God in my life and how he is the backbone in all that I do, which makes me feel more connected to him throughout the day. That's cool. A discipline for me that's been helpful um, and I'm still really growing in is prayer, but also combined with silence. (laughs) So if I'm in my car and I'm driving up to campus, you know, for a meeting, um, previously I would listen to a podcast or music, but I'm trying to take some time to just be quiet. And what I've noticed in those times of silence, first of all, my anxieties kind of crop up, (laughs) you know, like what I'm worried about, what I'm dealing with. And sometimes I think maybe trying to listen to the music or listen to a podcast is escape <laughs> the, yeah. the feelings I have, you know, um, and not be honest with God about where I am. Yeah. Um, but then also in Scripture in the Old Testament um, with Elijah, there's this moment um, where Elijah's hiding out in this cave and there's this wind and there's all this stuff. And then 
God speaks to him in the still small voice is mm-hmm. what it says. And so I think sometimes we miss out on connecting and communicating with God because so much noise is happening and we're yes, yes. doing so much that his whisper, we're missing his, his still small voice. I'm trying to, in moments where maybe I am in that, in that walking to walking around campus or driving up to campus or just in the yard mowing or whatever, <laughs> like I'm, uh, I want to be praying but also just maybe not having an input for just a little bit and see what the Lord does. And, and we have friends that are missionaries and people that I really respect that every day, even just for five minutes, they take just complete silence just to see, Lord, I'm going to be quiet even in prayer and just listen and see what you might have to say. So we talked about, um, we, we focus mainly on, on scripture in our conversation today. And, and there's a reason for that <laughs> for us, man, it's, it's, it's the way the Lord has revealed himself to us as believers. Um, and one of the ways, the primary way that we as Christians can learn the, the ways and the teachings of Jesus. And so we zeroed in on that. But there are, there are tons of other spiritual disciplines that we see Jesus do. And we see in scripture that we'd love to walk through with you guys and um, help you guys walk in. But I'm curious uh, for you guys, you ladies, any other thoughts or encouragement you'd like to share with folks listening today? Yeah, um, I think one really important thing when you are trying to grow in your walk with God and your time with Him is to remind yourself that your relationship with God and His nearness to you is not dependent on our own feelings. So there are seasons where you might not feel um, that you're getting a lot out of your time in the morning or whenever you're doing your quiet time with God. Mm -hmm. You might feel like you have to just get up and sit there and you're not sure what you're doing, but God doesn't change. So God Mm -hmm. is the same God when you feel close to Him and when you feel far from Him. He is the same and He's still there. And I've been there. I've been in those seasons where I feel like I'm not getting a lot out of the Word. Um, But but I have to remember that God is not dependent on my feelings. And so my biggest encouragement to you is just show up for God every day um, or whenever you're going to do your quiet time and scheduling it in, just show up. And sometimes it's opening your Bible and sitting there and being honest with God in prayer that you don't know what to read. You don't know mm-hmm. what you're doing. You <laughs> don't feel like you're getting anything out of it um, and reminding yourself that God remains the same. I think another really important thing is finding community that you can read the word with because we can push each other closer to Christ, especially in those seasons where we feel like we're not getting a lot out of the word. Um, And Mm. so finding those people that can push you closer to Jesus are essential in your walk with Christ. Um, And we love that we have that community here at Chi Alpha. I would say that as far as reading the Bible goes, it can seem very overwhelming whenever you're first getting into it, but just do it. Just start. Open your Bible. Maybe start with one of the Gospels. That's always a great place to start. And like Reagan said, read through your Bible with your life group leader, with some Mm -hmm. girls in your life group. Like They would love to help you and read through it with you and they would love to help you and read through it with you and just talk about what God is saying in the scripture and how that applies to your life. And just know that it's doable. As a college student, it's doable to walk in these spiritual disciplines. It's not always the most favored thing among college (laughs) students, but it's favored in God's eyes. And Mm. so that's what matters. So just start, pick one of these disciplines, start small and just create this habit and continue to work through it and work on your relationship with God. Asia, Reagan, thank you so much. This has been super encouraging. It's easy for me as kind of a pastor who's been, you know, following Jesus for as long as I have 
to talk about these things and be like, well, you're a professional Christian, right? You get paid <laughs> to follow Jesus. You're a pastor. Um, so it's super encouraging and, and exciting to have you guys talk about the way that you have prioritized this, that it is possible, that it is fruitful, that God's changed your life through it. That, um, And then, you know, from my perspective, even that he's using you guys to to share that and help other ladies walk with Jesus. Um, no one was meant to live life alone. And no one was meant to read scripture alone. And no one was meant to pray alone all the time. And so even though these are sometimes solo disciplines that we do, you know, with the Lord, um, they're also community disciplines, which is why we do life group and why we process these things as, as friends and brothers and sisters. Um, so we just appreciate y'all's encouragement and y'all's example so much. Um, friends, just want you to know, we've said this before in the past, but these practices, these disciplines are about practice, not perfection. So I'll say like, if you want to implement a discipline of reading scripture, I was just talking to one of my life group guys the other day who had never systematically or had a discipline of reading scripture regularly. Um, and so he's like, I really would like to do it every day. And then we met up and he said, well, I only did it four times last week and he was disappointed in himself. And I was like, dude, how many did you do it the week before? He's like, zero. Like, sounds like you're making progress. Right. <laughs> it's a practice, right? It's not perfection. So be encouraged. Like, just do it. Um, we're going to learn and grow in these things if we'll fight for it. And so we want to be a resource to you. Like we said, we want to help you. We want to walk through this journey with you in Chi Alpha. And so reach out to us as staff or reach out to your life group leader to connect with us about these things. We want to help you. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit tcuxa.com. God bless and go Frogs.